In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who are baptized, I invite you this morning to think of your own baptism. Was it an event you remember, or is it lost in the fog of early childhood? Were you immersed in a river, or were you just sprinkled with a few drops of water? Was it a moment of great awakening, or something like a tiny mustard seed planted in the vast field of your life? I've been to a number of baptisms in my life, and I've performed a fair number as well. And indeed, most baptisms are small, still events. They usually are not moments of whirlwind and tempest. Rather, at the heart of every baptism is a stillness, a smallness. When Jesus was baptized, we might remember that the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove and a voice declared, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. But even at the heart of that great event was a stillness and a simplicity. There were some theatrics in the moment, of course, but after the moment, the world marched on as if nothing had happened. Baptism, small, quiet, seemingly insignificant. This morning, we are going to baptize little Susie Diaz. It will be a still moment, a quiet moment. There might be some tears, who knows? But even if, if there's that, that silence and stillness will be there. And I will pour some water over her head and I will proclaim that I baptize her in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, invoking the name of the source of all that is. I will take some oil and I will make a sign of the cross on her forehead and declare that she is sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. These are wild, big claims for such a small, small act. Because there are these big claims for this small act, there's an audacity in this seemingly insignificant event. For indeed, there's sort of a, of a big bang in those living waters. There is in those waters a hidden spring that possesses a limitless amount of potential energy. When the New Testament reflects on baptism, it makes some radical claims. So for instance, Paul, in the letter to the Romans, describes baptism as dying. Dying with Christ, so that we might be raised in him. For Paul to be baptized 
is to die. Die to self. Die to the old life. Die to the old order. And then to be born anew, born again into the new order, the new life. After baptism, our identity is now to be found in Christ. And thus, in the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul says that if anyone is in Christ, then behold, there is a new creation. A new creation present in that little font. And here today, we heard in the first letter of Peter, we see this comparison that Peter makes between baptism and the cataclysmic flood from the times of Noah. Peter writes, God waited patiently in the days of Noah when the building, during the building of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which is prefigured, now saves you. There in that little font, a global flood. For Peter, as the floodwater separated Noah and his family from the old perishing world, so baptism separates the baptized from their old lives. They are invited into the new. And this new life that baptism ushers in is salvation, which is to say, this new life is a life lived in communion with God. And this communion is made possible through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in this way, baptism is not magic, but rather our participation in the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. In this small, seemingly trivial event that is baptism, the power of the creator of the universe is at play. What seems like a a piddling event is in fact a doorway to a life lived in communion with love. But baptism is not just a doorway, it is also a window and a revelation into the nature of God's power. God uses the small things, the minor things of no importance in order to transform our lives at levels that we might not even be able to begin to perceive. God uses ancient stories of suffering and hope. God uses bread and wine offered at this table. God uses water and oil. These are God's hidden, seemingly trivial, seemingly paltry ways of working. We might long for a big display, but God gives us hidden simplicity and bids us to perceive this power through trust and through love. And I have to admit that there are times where God's small way seems far too small. So case in point, Jesus tells the disciples this morning that they will receive the spirit of truth. 
But the reality is, is that the truth is having a rough time of it these days. We live in the age of the grift and the swindle. We are a culture absolutely enamored by deception and deceit. We are completely fascinated by the power of lies, especially if those lies appeal to our fears and our resentments. And the kicker, the kicker is that we know that we are being lied to. And yet, because these lies sell, we are forced to listen, caught in a negative feedback loop, circling the drain deeper and deeper. In the face of that, in the face of that reality, in the face of circling that drain, what power is there in God's small ways? What power are God's small ways in the face of such grand deception? Well, the power of God's small ways is grasped in faith. And though that power might seem small, inconsequential, irrelevant, it is the power that makes the world go round. In response to the brokenness of this world, we are called to both great and small acts of love, trusting that even in the small acts, God's power, grace, and justice are at work. In response to the great deceits, the ancient hatreds, the primal fears, we can remind ourselves that we are baptized. And to honor our baptisms means to live into the significance of this small, seemingly insignificant event. To live into the significance of a life lived in the new reality and the new life in Christ. And this new life, it looks like the baptismal covenant that we will reaffirm this morning. It looks like proclaiming by word and deed the good news of God in Christ. It looks like seeking and serving Christ in all persons and loving our neighbors as ourselves. It means working for justice and peace in the world and respecting the dignity of every human being. To live into our baptisms, it looks like what Jesus has to say in the gospel lesson this morning. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus said. But of course, Jesus' commandment is simply this. Love one another as I have loved you. It is through love that the Holy Spirit can be allowed to work through us. It is through love that we will be able to see Christ revealed in our hearts revealed in the lives of our fellow human beings. It is through love that we will see Christ present in the world. It is through love that we will come to know what Jesus means when he says, I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. 
Never underestimate the power of the small act done in love. Do not underestimate the power of bread and wine offered at this table. Do not underestimate that power to transform the world. Do not underestimate the power of those waters. Look, behold, when little Susie is baptized, see death being defeated. See new life emerging. See the cosmic drama that is in play in that little font. And know there that that small act that we perform this day has within it limitless power. And indeed, it is that power of love that transforms the world. Amen.